Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the Bear in Mind podcast brought to you by the Evans Law Group. My name is Neil Rule, the voice of the Golden Grizzlies. Happy to have you back with us. Remember, a new name here, the Bear in Mind podcast, but all the same great content that you have come to expect. Go visit the Evans Law Group online at www.evanslawgrp.com, and you can subscribe on iTunes and SoundCloud. Just search Bear in Mind, search Golden Grizzlies, Click subscribe, and you are in there. All the latest episodes will come right to your phone. And it's my pleasure to welcome in from the Horizon League the Deputy Commissioner. She is Julie Rowe Latch, somebody that I've leaned on for information from the league. You guys have heard Julie and I talk on many occasions, and certainly the overriding theme of a lot of these podcasts that we have done has been the impact of COVID-19. And and I figured from 35,000 feet, as far as the horizon league gets concerned, Julie would be the go-to. And Julie, I appreciate you. This is probably your 175th phone call here today, but I'm ha- <laughs> hey, Julie, I'm happy to be 175 with you. How are you? I'm great, Neil. How are you? And thank you for having me and for your continued support of Oakland and the Horizon League. We appreciate you. Yeah, absolutely. Happy, happy to be a part of it for sure. But Julie, I, before we get to where we're we're gonna go, as far as the horizon league is gonna go, and what's on the horizon for basketball and those types of things. I, I'm really curious to hear, as, as I know a lot of fans are as well, for the people, obviously, you know that the fall sports competitions were canceled uh, by the Horizon League. Julie, take us through that, I guess, in, in kind of a condensed time frame. How exactly does that work when you have all these member institutions, when you have thousands of student-athletes uh, that you guys are responsible for as well? That's not just something where you wake up one day, hit the snooze bar, and then get up and say, oh, I guess we're going to shut it down today. Yeah, t- take us take us through that. How does that all work? Yeah, thanks, Neil. You're right. It was definitely not uh, any decision taken lightly or made um quickly as certainly we had to move fast but there were a lot of important key stakeholders involved including of course and really led by our council which has our athletics directors from every school on it as well as a student athlete representative a senior woman administrator and a faculty rep and they really rolled up their sleeves as we were considering what's the right approach here for the fall and before we even walked up to that decision we said just from day one once really the country shut down back in March what are going to be our guiding principles as we're going to we know we're going to be faced with some really important decisions in the coming months and it really came down to first of course safety and that safety for our student athletes our coaches our administrators and our fans and then two sustainability whatever we do needs to make sense from a cost perspective in the short and long term and the safety hurdle is really where we just couldn't quite get over how we were going to be able to provide competition in a safe way. And I'll tell you that NCAA has really been strong in providing medical guidance, and they came out and really categorized sports as high, medium, and lower risk based on their contact. And in the fall, you've got soccer and volleyball, which were both in that high-risk bucket, which really required a very high standard of care. And at that point, as you know, the testing just wasn't nearly as sophisticated or even available as it is today. And I think that's why you saw conference after conference get to the point of they just weren't able to feel as though offering those sports was really feasible or possible in a safe environment. And that's why our group, our our council, again, really led by our athletic directors, said we're going to postpone it. So, yes, there's no competition in the fall for those sports, but they didn't close the door on those sports 
being moved to the spring and the NCAA then, and we've really tried to be in sequence with them. The NCAA came out just this past month, well, in September, saying uh, they are going to try to host the fall sport championships in the spring while also doing the spring championships, right? And uh, But those are going to be smaller bracket size just in terms of you're going to have to have some condensed seasons and condensed brackets to pull it off. But in terms of that decision process, our athletics directors and council members they started meeting three times a week uh, via Zoom. I think we're all Zoomed out at this point. Right? That's no question. Um, but really, again, rolled up their sleeves, and we talked about what are all the key factors here. And safety, we start every discussion and end every discussion with safety. And that's that was ultimately the tipping point of recognizing we're not going to be able to do this to the point of, from our perspective, to really provide a full, safe environment for the student-athletes. So that's why we said let's postpone. Julie Rolette. And just the final piece, we got, of course, final sign-off by our presidents, um, the, which is our board of directors. So every president from all member schools supported that decision as well. So it's it was definitely a collaborative process, but I, I really credit our council members for really owning that whole process. Julie Rolatch joining us here, the Deputy Commissioner of the Horizon League. Now, Julie, for those that don't know, you, you spent better than 15 years working for the NCAA as well which are just down the road from you guys, as a matter of right, fact. I, right. I, would, I would imagine that at some point, uh, you, Commissioner LaCrone, your, your network that you have established probably served you pretty well, I would imagine, during this entire process, just the people that you know of uh, that are within arm's length. Yeah, I really credit the NCA staff. They have um, like the communication, I think, for all of us between among conference offices, um, but also from conference to the NCA office. And certainly it helps because... Commissioner LaCrone and I know a lot of those folks. I mean, they're friends and um, community members, right? We're all here in Indianapolis. So that's been really helpful. We can pick up the phone anytime and say, how are you thinking about this? Or what's the timeline on this decision as it relates to eligibility for those fall student athletes? Or what's the timeline for medical guidance on our winter sports? So they've, they have been great partners through this process. And also they've enlisted some national expertise, I think, to give guidance to all the conferences and then member schools on, okay, what, what does safety look like from a testing protocol standpoint, from a game protocol standpoint? So the NCAA, I think, has stepped up to that challenge and really provided some leadership in some key areas. You're listening to the Bear in Mind podcast brought to you by the Evans Law Group. My name is Neil Rule, the voice of the Golden Grizzlies. Remember, you can subscribe on iTunes and SoundCloud. Search Bear in Mind. Search Golden Grizzlies. However you can find it, just click subscribe. You'll never have to find it again because all the episodes will come right to your phone. Julie Rolatch, the Deputy Commissioner of the Horizon League, kind enough to join us here today. Julie, I'm done talking about that stuff now because it makes me kind of sad to think about. So so we're going we're gonna to look ahead. We're going to look forward now. And the the early discussion is we're looking at a possible November 25th start date for the college basketball season. I have talked to to head coach Greg Campy a lot, head coach Jeff Tungate on the women's side as well. Uh, certainly a lot of legwork being done right now in terms of scheduling and, and how those types of things will work. What about from a league perspective, what do you guys have rolling out? What, what are your preparations like? Sure, and uh, I will say, I mean, you mentioned Coach Campy and Coach Dungate. They've the coaches groups have been really helpful. I mean, we are now meeting with them weekly, along with the council members and our presidents on a more frequent basis than normal, just to fully make sure we're hearing from all key stakeholders as we try to figure out the approach to this basketball season. And ultimately, 
our board of directors is going to sign off on the winter competition plan. So it's basketball and indoor track and swimming. And what we've really come to realize, I think we knew all along, and the NCAA really clarified that last week with these updated medical protocols they've published. I'm not sure how many many editions now, Neil, but probably over 10. But they've rolled out the protocols for basketball. And that was really, I think, a key a moment relative to clarifying the expectation of three tests per week um, on essentially it can't be uh, it's got to be non-consecutive days so as you think about testing basketball student athletes three times per week at least every other day and also having competition in the midst of that that's really helped us shape how to approach a league schedule as well as non-league play the other key group that's provided input, we formed actually back in April a group of our own medical experts to provide guidance to our council and ultimately our board on, again, that safety principle. And we've got some team doctors um, who are informed by some infectious disease specialists on some of our campuses, as well as some really veteran athletics trainers and other sports medicine officials who are really vetting through how what should be our approach to testing what should be our approach to masking and just going through the level of detail that these people and they're meeting multiple times a week for the league which i I know they're meeting on their campuses too but i just appreciate their expertise so much because what we're trying to do is get everyone on the same page literally and figuratively figuratively as to the safety protocol and the safety plan so that if you're going to horizon league campus for competition you know exactly what to expect in terms of what's happened before you get there, um, in terms of what that team's done from a screening standpoint, as well as what's going to happen from the time your bus rolls up to the time you board the bus to leave. Again, just going back to that principle of safety. Uh, well, Julie, when you look at it too, I mean, you're you're talking about being responsible for thousands, thousands of student athletes uh, across the the span of the Horizon League. I mean, this isn't this isn't something where you take a couple of factors into play that, that you want to hear or things that you want to see happen and, and just roll out and implement those. I mean, you are responsible for the well-being of thousands of student-athletes. And I talked about this with Director of Athletics at Oakland, Steve Waterfield. I mean, that's something that guides every single one of these decisions that you make. It really does. And that's, you know, as important as competitive equity are and competitive balance, safety is number one. And especially in this time, I mean, we are in a global pandemic and we've got to do everything we can to safeguard our student athletes, coaches, administrators and fans. So it's you're right. I mean, that's why we've got so many different people providing key input, especially those medical experts and the NCAA. Again, I credit them. They continue to provide a lot of expertise, not just on testing options and testing availability but they're even trying to help institutions gain access to testing even in the more affordable realm so there's there are a lot of moving parts here and again you're right i mean at the end of the day it comes back to safety it certainly does julie rolatch here final couple minutes with her the deputy commissioner of the horizon league so julie i I know the the popular buzzword around the sports world right now as we watch Certainly the NBA in the NBA Finals right now with Horizon League representation, by the way, with Kendrick Nunn of the Miami Heat, who, uh, as we record this, you know, pumped in 18 points last night. But I digress. Amazing season. Yeah, Yeah. you're right. Yeah, absolutely. NBA All-Rookie team uh, certainly uh, certainly was incredible. 
but Julie, the the big buzzword is the bubble, right? That that's a word we keep hearing. The bubble. Why not right. just put everybody in a bubble? All right, Julie, it's that simple. I, I figured it out for you. Just put everybody in a bubble, right? It is, and if you could send me a hundred million dollars, Neil, then we, we can make that happen. <laughs> no, but discuss I, that though, because I know that that's the popular buzzword, and people see the the NBA do it with billion dollar television contracts and those types of things. Right. That was something that I know you guys kicked around, but at the end of the day, you know, you, you do have uh, some financials you are responsible to. Exactly. I mean, that's that's the point of it: safety and sustainability. I mean, what we do, we need to be able to afford not just today, but um, make sure that we continue to our schools can keep offering these opportunities for the long run. And with regard, you're right. I mean, we've, we have looked into even, you know, I think the bubble is really a misnomer in the collegiate landscape because we don't have the luxury of everybody going to that, that Orlando complex and playing our entire season. You know, at, we, at the end of the day and on some of our campuses are some student athletes are still attending in-person classes and, and that will still, right now, will be the plan into the spring. So we need to make sure that there's still some campus life happening there for them, but then also they can play these games in a safe way. So what we've talked about, even perhaps in the tournament setting, is that where there are some takeaways that we could consider in, a, I would say, controlled environment and much more of a mini type of controlled environment. But I do, there's some great lessons to learn. And I know TBT did it, so there's got to be some other approaches there and we have there's been well indianapolis has put together a plan and published it just to try to host basketball games in the convention center which has you know the skywalks to the hotels there's there's a way to control movement and then also again acts you know the, the potential exposure points so it's still i think an idea worth continuing to vet but in terms of let's just all go to a bubble and play the whole horizon lake season that's unfortunately just it's, it's really not feasible and Julie, real quickly here before we let you go, and again, thank you so much for your time here on the Bear of Mind oh, podcast, brought to you by the Evans Law Group. Uh, the number one question I always get, it's probably uh, the nature of the work that I'm in, but every, every Oakland fan, Horizon League fans across the league, uh, they'll get at me on Twitter and, and they'll ask me, you know, what, what's the story with the television? How will that be impacted? Will there be an impact? Will things continue with ESPN? Uh, you know, Julie, go ahead, take the time, let every, let everybody know. Sure, yeah, and ESPN has been great too. I mean, we've just as long as we keep them in contact, they understand that we're all trying to figure out um, again this safe season, and they still plan to air games and broadcast games just as they have in the past. You know, we we get our some linear games, but all the other games are on ESPN Plus and ESPN Three, and that's still our plan is to try to deliver to all those platforms and still have our tournament air on uh, ESPN2 and ESPN. So that's that's still a go from our perspective. And ESPN has really said, look, we want to work with you and make that happen. And they also understand it's got, you know, safety comes first. So that's, we got to figure out how those games can be played in a safe way. And then we'll say, ESPN, here's the schedule. Let's, let's work on your selections and make sure you can get your pr- production team there so we can air these games to, to your channels. Well, Julie, that, that'll about wrap things up again. Just wanted to say thank you. And this is a day and age, Julie, where, where not a lot of people sometimes you, you, you see get to see the transparency. And anytime I've ever asked you to, to sit down and talk with us about anything going on, you're, you're always front and center. You're always there. You always answer every question. And uh, I certainly appreciate that. I know the fans appreciate that as well. And we're very grateful for your time. Well, thanks. You're kind. Thank you, Neil. Again, appreciate all you do for Oakland and the Horizon League. Absolutely. 
That will do it for the Bear in Mind podcast. Again, my name is Neil Rule, the voice of the Golden Grizzlies. Big thank you to Julie Rolatch, the Deputy Commissioner of the Horizon League, and also the Evans Law Group, the proud sponsor of the Bear in Mind podcast. Remember, subscribe on iTunes and SoundCloud. We'll catch you all next time. Well, see you later.